Welcome back to Movie Geek and Proud. This is your host, Rob, and I'm here with my stalker, Sean. You know, that's going to give me a complex, Rob, if you keep calling me that. I'm sorry, but I can't get rid of you. You're just here every single week. I like watching you when you sleep. (laughs) So creepy. Um, How's it going? Pretty good. Good? How about you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready to talk some movies. I'm excited. Yes, yes. Um, for those who are new to the show, Movie Geek and Proud is basically a movie podcast where I make my friends uh, watch the weird and and obscure uh, movie taste in my collection. And sometimes we'll review a new newer movie that's out in theaters or just an old favorite and we just rewatch and see if it holds up. And uh, today we are going to do uh, something a little different. I had an idea for our first episode and we recorded it and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden I just wanted to go in a different direction and we ended up with Beetlejuice, which I am very proud of. I, I like that we start out with that movie. It it was kismic because it was the first movie I had ever recorded on a VHS. This was your first purchase movie. Am I, is the it, first one that I got as a gift. As a gift, that's and right. And wasn't it the 30th anniversary? Yes, yes. So it just made sense. But we did have another episode ready to go for the first one. And it was because we went to a midnight screening of it. So... This week, I decided that I wanted to just put that pre-recorded episode out there as the lost pilot episode. (laughs) The one that just was in the corner, just collecting dust. And (laughs) now we're dusting it off and giving it some fresh air. And, And the timing of it all is because this movie has been reviewed by other podcasts that I've listened to. And I think there's been about four of them in the last month that has chosen to review this movie without any kind of reason. It just is just coincidental. And so I was like, well, shit, I want to be a part of the gang. Like, it's my turn. You're such a follower. I know. I shouldn't (laughs) be such a follower. But, I mean, like, I I really enjoy this movie. And so that's why I was like, why don't we just put this out there and see how it gets um, um, recognized or, or see how everybody likes it. But, um... I'm going to put this question to you listeners after the show, and I would like you to tell me if you had preferred this episode to be the first one, or was it good to just keep it with Beetlejuice? I think it'll be interesting to see exactly what you wanted that first um, impression of us to be based on Beetlejuice or Big Trouble. But before we get into that, of course, uh, this is our um, odd week where we would talk about trailers and some small little miniature reviews of some movies and then go from there. So uh, let's do some trailer talk first. Sean. Let's all go down to trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was um, a cue that we are now going to talk about trailers. <laughs> Is that what you call that? Yeah, I guess so. So, um, what trailer are we talking about today? We're going to talk about one that I'm really excited for and only have to wait until November for, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Hey, kid! Wake up! Ralph, what is wrong with you? Stop! 
start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. Ralph, what is it you're trying to say? We're going to the internet. What? Wreck it, Ralph Chu. Yes, so it's expected to come out around Thanksgiving, November 21st. So this is a sequel that takes place six years after the events of Wreck-It Ralph. Dang. I know. That's why I was like, because I told her, I was like, well, let me just read it because you'll see what I'm reading. And I was like, yeah, six years. What are they doing that whole time? But Ralph and um, Vanellope, now friends, discover a Wi-Fi router in their arcade, leading them into a new adventure. That's all it says. And that's kind of what this trailer was. I mean, even though they did kind of show a lot, we still have no idea what it's about. We don't know who the villain is. We don't know what their conflict is. What are they going to go through? They're just... Obviously, this is going to be like the longest ad we've ever seen. <laughs> yep. I mean, they practically have every single company involved in this trailer. And, <laughs> but I mean, it looks fun. Obviously, you don't want to limit yourself to just arcade games. Let's go bigger. Let's go Tron. Let's go Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Let's do all of this big, fantastical, like, world and, you know, expand it, of course. But, um, it looks good, right? I'm living for the Daft Punk song in the trailer. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. I really like And yeah, the movie it. looks really good. Like we got stormtroopers, we got princesses. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, do you have any sort of like bet on what you think this is about? Like them traveling? Because see, before, what did they do? Like, I think when they mixed in games, it was sort of bad for them. I, I, I can't remember if there was something about not... Well, I remember her going through this thing where she was disappearing because she never got made. I can't remember. Right, because she became a glitch because she was supposed to cross the finish line, I think. Yeah, so I wonder because if they leave the arcade and into like, does it affect Wi-Fi? I I don't know, like Mm. what the conflict will be, but... It's probably going to tie in somehow to... He finds all this new technology and it's somehow hurtful and we have to go back to like roots to fix everything so we have to go back to basics but isn't arcade still in yeah i think they're still in right i mean yeah but i don't go to them that often ralph is an old school game so he's gonna get into the internet and somehow get excited and blow up kitties and (laughs) by feeding them too much and just wreck everything and he's probably gonna have to come back to his center and find where he belongs i'm thinking okay well i'm living 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 for the princess (laughs) princesses like that scene was freaking hilarious i like how disney's making fun of themselves at that point i really they know that we all talk about that you know that we make fun of the princesses being kind of what's the word not self-sufficient yeah yeah (laughs) what do you think of the animation of the princesses because i mean obviously they were all done in different periods of time and now they all look like they were made in the same year i like it i think they did some cute things too, like Pocahontas's hair is always blowing. I love that. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I was like, they are keeping it real. I love it. I also really like the way that they're translating what the internet is. Like when they go to the the office with the little dude there, the and he Bill keeps, or something. Yeah, yeah he yeah. keeps on trying to guess Predict what they're going to say. Predict yeah. text. Now, if this was a real internet, yeah, he'd be saying a lot right. of different other stuff, but I get it. When she's like, take me to a wild and crazy side, I'm like, you would not go to Oh My Disney. <laughs> that is not the truth. 
<laughs> but no, no, I am looking forward to it. And I do welcome a sequel. I think there is a lot uh, more story to tell, especially with these characters. And um, the cast is back. Sarah Silverman and um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. I don't know if Jane Lynch is back. I, I can't remember oh, if her character yeah. lived or not, but she kind of stood out, I thought. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd guess we're gonna get her again. Oh well, you know, here's the other thing. I could have come here and been prepared and be like, "Oh, is she in it or not?" But I actually don't want to know. I don't want to know anything. I think that this teaser trailer is enough for me as well. I don't really want to see another trailer. You've sold me. I'm done. I'm going. So like, you want to go into this as Jon Snow? Yes. You know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's uh, talk about uh, a couple of movies that we saw. Review them. Reviews, reviews, reviews. <laughs> okay, let me get my timer out. Three minutes or less. Uh, let's see. Okay, which one are we going to do first? Let's do tag first. Okay, tag. Uh, crap. You're Hold it. on. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about tag first. Let me start the timer. Okay, go. So tag is a uh, based on a true story based on a Reddit post about a small group of friends who um, for one month a year play tag with each other. <laughs> and by the end of the year, whoever is it has to live in shame for the rest of the year <laughs> until they reach um, that month of tag again. And um, it turns out that uh, the legendary player of tag is, who's never been tagged before, is retiring. So they have this one last chance to get him. And it's just this big slapstick comedy with uh, John Hamm, Ed Helms, Jake Johnson. Um, who else is in it? Like uh, Hannibal um, Burris and um, Isla Fisher. So what would you think of tag? I was skeptical. I wasn't that excited to see it, but I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty funny. Yes, I, I definitely agree. Um, I don't know if going in with low expectations helped the movie, but I'm I'm kind of already a, a child at heart to begin with. If somebody asked me at my age of 36, I would definitely be like, fuck yeah, let's play some tag. <laughs> I'm totally down. So going into this, I mean, just watching these grown men act like children is fine by me. And it's a little bit out of character, especially for like somebody like John Hamm. I haven't really, I mean, he's known to do some funny off the wall characters, but I, it was, it was, it was good to kind of see some of these people kind of do some of the things that they were doing. And, um, this movie really reminded you about like friendship and just having a group of friends. It made me want to play tag. But you know what? It was almost more exciting for me to see the real footage at the end. I oh, almost yeah. would have rather seen a whole movie, like a documentary. That was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> that was really the best part. And I still believe the fact that this was based on a true story. But if you were to watch this movie and see some of the shit that they went through to try and <laughs> tag this dude, you're like, oh, they just made that up. It's based on a true story. They came up with this story. They actually yep. did almost everything that this movie portrayed, especially, you know, well, I mean, we don't want to give spoilers, but I mean, man, I, we'll I just was, call it a dress up party. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised by it. But um, it, it does remind you how much fun it is to be a child. I mean, you don't have to you know when you grow up you can still do this kind of stuff and and it's it's just it just makes you want to call your best friend and just give him a hug mm -hmm. it really does i think it's a very 
like heartfelt movie and it's it's hilarious. I didn't have to call my best friend because you were next to me. <laughs> Thank you. So good. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed Tag. Um, I, what do you rate it? I'd give it a three point five. Oh oh, and we'll never know what you gave it. I stole your rating. <laughs> God, sounded was- really creepy. It's still your rating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what is our next movie? Jurassic World. World, World, World. Jurassic World. Okay, so Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom brings the gang back together. Um, the island's dormant volcano begins roaring to life. So Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from their, this extinction-level event. So... Okay, we didn't see this movie together, so this is your first time hearing this. I was not a fan. Oh, I did not like this movie. So here's—I won't get into specific because we only have three minutes. But my theater experience was horrible. Okay, it was really bad. Um, there was just people left and right just acting a fool, and it really took me out of the movie. <laughs> but here's the thing: I didn't get the chemistry I wanted. The dialogue was horrible. Okay. And yes, there was more horror elements with the dinosaurs because the dinosaurs were scarier this time around. They were. But I had no fear for anyone. Not one person. Even though there was tons of death, as far as the main characters, I was not scared for them at all. So it just, it was just, I don't know. There was something about it I just could not get into. I didn't get scared. I wasn't on the edge of my seat. And I actually really, really enjoyed Jurassic World, the first one. I don't know what it is about this one that I didn't like, but I just did not dig it. I actually really liked it. Okay. Everything you just said is shit because I thought it was a really good movie. No. I was excited about the direction it took. The one thing that I felt like didn't let me get to my climax was the whole mystery surrounding the granddaughter. I kind of felt like that petered out. Okay. <laughs> I kept being like, oh, she's this, she's that. And then they tell you, and it's like, oh, that's it. See, I actually found that to be the most interesting part really? of the movie. Yeah, because it leaves a little bit open. Okay, so this movie takes a different direction. They're trying to change it mm-hmm. with tone, execution, and they're leading it into another set of trilogy because I think there might be two more. Oh, wow. But, um, and I didn't mind the story, but like, it just seemed like a rebooted sequel. Like, all the characters are different. The newcomer, so the two assistants, I didn't like the tech guy. Like, I'm over this You know, scared. the guy I was with didn't like him either, but I thought he was funny. I didn't think he was funny at all. I don't like how he had to be. Him screaming like a girl, like that, that's over. Like, let that go. Like, that's, true. that's not funny anymore. I agree. He didn't get a moment. I mean, he kind of had a little moment, but it wasn't triumphant. And, you know, the other girl, she was very smart and, and, you know, like very in your face. And I liked her. But again, there was no reason to have, I, I don't know. I just didn't. It did remind me a lot of Star Wars because the new Star Wars are mirroring kind of the original trilogy. And mm-hmm. I kind of felt like they were the Rose and Poe of this movie because yeah. you're right. They weren't really needed. OK, quick rate. Three, four, 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 five. Four. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I'm just going to say I'm just going to say two. OK, no, I'll, no, two and a half, two and a half. I just, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. OK, Sean, let's do our question of the week. Before Yay. we uh, do this uh, 
pilot episode. So this one actually got a lot of responses compared to our other ones. <laughs> there, there are some movies out there that are not meant to be touched. And Don't mess with the originals, Rob. That's the lesson. <laughs> right? So the question of the week is what movie, past, present, or future, should not be a remake or reboot? Now, when I was writing this question, it could have been read in two different ways. What I had thought people would answer is by giving me an existing remake or reboot that should not have happened. But everyone sort of seemed to take this question and just list movies that have no business being remade whatsoever. That's how I took it. Okay. And then, you know, and that's fine. Like I said, it could have gone either two ways. I'm glad that people responded and because we got a lot of responses. And so I'll read um, some here. Now, the first one that I got from Two Girls on a Bench. This is a podcast on Twitter. Uh, she chose Glitter. Oh, no. <laughs> have you seen Glitter? I haven't. I haven't either. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I did and I just erased it from my mind. I may have went to therapy had it just removed from my head i don't know wow yeah i don't remember it if i saw it i saw it but i don't remember it i just went somewhere really weird in my mind i imagined you as the girl from sucker punch baby doll in that dress yeah you were so cute rob (laughs) (laughs) um let's see what was some other ones oh yeah um some people got the hint of my picture in the background uh the monster closet on twitter monster closet pc uh, said Big Trouble in Little China. I love The Rock, but some things are just sacrosanct. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Real Feels Podcast, Real Feels Pod on Twitter. They said, if this was a question a few years earlier, um, I would have said Rocky Horror Picture Show. So apparently they didn't like the Fox TV treatment that they got. I'm with them. I couldn't even finish that movie. Really? I didn't mind it. Oh, I hated it. I didn't mind it. Didn't mind it, but yeah. And we had a few people say Back to the Future. Uh, IMDb Journey Podcast said this. Uh, I'm sure there were more that said this as well, but um, yeah, uh, David, the one who was on our Little Mermaid episode, <laughs> uh, he said Princess Bride. That's a good one. Yeah, I I don't think they would even attempt to remake that one. I don't know. Would you be surprised? I don't. I don't know. But we didn't think they'd remake Hocus. <sighs> Jesus. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Got till five podcast also said uh, Back to the Future, and um, oh, okay. Uh, Flix X Raid on Twitter said Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Let sleeping dogs lie. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I think you'll like this one. Cadaver Cast podcast said there were rumblings some years back about a video drone remake. The script was to be penned by um, Aaron Kruger, who did like some of the Saw stuff. Uh, we should probably leave Video Drome alone, right? I agree. That movie's weird enough as it is. Like, I don't think you could remake it. As it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chewed Gum, a podcast, said Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, movies for the People, Back to the Future Trilogy. Yeah, there was... Uh, oh, oh, I like this one. 
you, you, me, and he, a comedy podcast, said Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was actually going to be done already, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Reverend Johnny Blumpkin, Blumpkin Show said uh, the female Ghostbusters. Hashtag cinematic abomination. Or abort. No, oh my God, cinematic abortion. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, I actually really like that movie. And we're proud of it, goddammit. And we're it. proud of it. I liked it, too. Is it better than the first one? No. No. But I was rolling. It was a new flavor. It was funny. I liked the actresses. I didn't like the villain. The villain was crappy, mm. but Hemsworth before Ragnarok has never been funnier. And most of that shit he said was ad-libbed, so he's really? got comedy chops. That whole entire interview where, I don't know if it was like a role play or whatever, but he was talking about like... He was just asking, like, do you have any questions for me? He was like, can I bring my dog? And then all of a sudden he had a cat. <laughs> do you remember that? All yeah. of that was him. You know, that's interesting because that's why Taika Waititi made the third Thor so funny because he's like, nobody uses his funny side. Yeah. So I didn't know that was all him. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, this question is, you know, definitely open-ended. But uh, what movie would you definitely would not want to see a remake of or you know is there one existing that you wish didn't happen there's rumblings of it but it's one of my favorites i think i might have mentioned this on an earlier episode but labyrinth yeah leave labyrinth alone <laughs> like you cannot get another singer to sing those songs like bowie did and just you know the puppetry that's henson at his greatest just leave that movie alone this is really interesting because like it's 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 David Bowie. Like, if you did it, they would have to completely start from scratch. I don't want to see the same movie. No. I don't want them to attempt to even capture the same magic. If you think there's a story there that can be told differently, uh, I, it really depends. But are they going to make it a musical? Is it going to be dark like it was? You know, like, Just I don't know. Call it Maze and have the Troll King. You know, make it a different movie with similar ideas. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Well, okay, you know what my answer is. I do. Gee, oh, God. I lost my shit all day. Like, I almost <laughs> started throwing stuff. Like, I found out on the way uh, going to meet a friend of mine at a coffee shop, and I just heard this news that they were going to do a direct-to-Disney Channel movie. <laughs> of hocus pocus now you guys may not know this about me but hocus pocus is my second favorite movie it is the best halloween movie i've ever seen and nobody can touch that movie it is it's, it's just amazing and he's the, dressed as winifred right now as he's saying all this yes it's i really wear my neat. red my red wig <laughs> every day in preparation for this show no i lost it because we've been asking for a sequel with the original cast forever and there's a reason for it and it's not because we want to see a hocus pocus sequel it's because we want to see a hocus pocus sequel with the original fucking sanderson sisters and what a slap in the face that they've said over and over yes we would love to come back and do it again they're like meh every single sister was like i'm down mm-hmm and I don't know if it's a money thing. I don't know if it's a story thing. I don't know if it's a collaboration thing. But they were like, nope, we're just going to recast you all, do it our way, and not even put it in theaters. We're going to put it on Disney Channel. Well, we'll find out how the story is because the Hocus Pocus sequel book is coming out this mm -hmm, month. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So even Bette Midler is like, screw you, bitches. Like, you didn't miss an opportunity. You could have made some dough. And I think a really big part of it is that Hocus Pocus was the flop. Yep. Like, nobody touched it. It came out in the middle of July. I don't understand why. <laughs> but um, it did, and it didn't make any money, and they're scared shitless that it's going to do it again. But they have to know it's a hit because they had the sisters do the whole Halloween Florida festival the last two years. Apparently, that audience is not enough. They need to cater to the descendants um, in the Halloween yep. town family and the audience of that. And, you know, and you know, it's going to happen. The made for TV movie is going to be shit. And then they're going to be like, see, we were right. Hocus Pocus doesn't need any more exactly, sequels. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I'm not too happy about that. But uh, like most movies that we definitely cherish and love, they're going to get remade and we just have to kind of deal with it. So we'll see. But something that I did catch today, um, Boss Logic, who is an amazing artist. I've seen some of his work on Instagram. He's kind of going in through Twitter, sometimes through my feed. He decided to create his own poster of Back to the Future mm. with a cast idea of his own. He does this all the time. And some of the people that he picks and the way that he draws them, I'm like, do it. Do it. <laughs> Green light it. I want to see it. So with that being said, and all of these Back to the Future no-no-nos, um, he put on this poster Tom Holland mm. and Brian Cranston. That would be good. That would be really good. It's nice, but I mean, can they really capture what Back to the Future is? I mean, for the point of a remake, because you got to you got to think about why do people even want to remake it? Is it for the audience now? Is it a cash grab? Is it because we respect the movie and we want to relive it? What what would be the reason? And is actors enough to do it? Right. So I would say I don't think Back to the Future needs a remake. I think it brought in lots of new cool ideas and it was just it's Christopher Lloyd. You can't recapture that. But if it had to be remade, it should be those actors. <laughs> you should see this poster. It looks amazing. And Tallinn looks exactly yes. like Jay Fox in this poster. I mean, he did an amazing job. So. I feel like Cranston wouldn't quite capture Lloyd, but... He'd be really if he close. channels his um, Malcolm in the Middle, yep. I channel that. I'm di I I yep. maybe maybe. <laughs> okay, so um, before we leave you with our episode, um, Sean, we got some comments on we iTunes. Got People some are comments. loving us. I love this. Okay, I was gonna use this as a way to make you feel better after the Hocus Pocus news. Thank you, thank you. I that need, in a I calming need circle. Calm. <laughs> oh, I am calm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from the film brewer, they say super fun and geeky. I love it. <laughs> nice. And then also from Mike from five to seven has this to say: This pod covers it all. I love the diverse list of films this podcast covers. They have episodes on everything from Hitchcock classics, <laughs> new movies, and it's. All done with the same enthusiasm from movie fans who just love talking about movies. And I've got one more for you. This is from the Amazing Nerd Show podcast. Great listen, fun energy. Can't wait to check out the rest of the episodes. 
Very nice. Thank you all for uh, commenting on that. I really appreciate it. And also, um, we'd love to hear from more of you uh, listeners who um, have been following us since day one. Uh, just look us up on iTunes, uh, Podbean, uh, Spotify, anywhere that you uh, listen to our show and leave us a review and rate. And if you have suggestions, we're welcome to that. This show is for you. But um, thank you all for uh, for commenting. Appreciate that. Tune in next week when we uh, do a, a first on our show. We're going to take two movies and sort of do this competition of who wore it better. Uh, we are going to review some video game adapted uh, live action movies, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, <laughs> and basically talk about what we look for in a video game adapted movie and um, put these two movies against each other and see who wore it better. And uh, we're just the nerds to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, tune in next Wednesday for that. And um, we will stop talking and leave you with the Lost Pilot episode of Big Trouble in Little China. See you next week. Bye! Hi, welcome to Movie Geek and Proud, a podcast where we review movies of all kind because every movie has at least one fan. I'm here with my friend Sean, who's going to help me review today's movie. How's it going, Sean? I'm doing well, Rob. Happy to be here. Always happy to talk about Big Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. So yeah, today we are going to review the movie Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, the both of us recently saw this movie at a midnight showing uh, that happened not too long ago. And what a great reason to review this movie since it's like fresh in our heads and yeah. It was actually really fun watching this movie again. Uh, what did you think of the screening, I guess? I thought it was fun because it's a movie I've seen so many times. But when you see it with a big crowd of people, everything's funnier. Everything's exciting all over again. Uh, one of my favorite moments, uh, if you didn't know, Rob is like a big, big movie geek. And he gets on me if I misquote anything. Right when the movie started, Rob turned to me and went, oh, I didn't know this took place in San Francisco. Shut I thought it took place in China. Up. Look, I was a little kid when this movie came out, and there was no traces of San Francisco that I remembered. And I hadn't seen this movie in forever. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know what's funny? So I told my friend about this movie, and I go, from the title, what do you think it's about? He goes, does it take place in San Francisco? I said, no. He's like, New York? No. And I was like, no, it takes place in China. <laughs> I had no, honestly, I thought, it was, I thought it took place in China. That's just how it was. But now I get it. I saw the bridge and all that stuff. All the hills. But that's, oh God. I didn't know anything about San Francisco when this movie came out. So there you that's go. That's fair. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. So, Big Trouble in Little China, this is a movie that was released back in 1986, starring Kurt Russell, Kim Cattrall, Dennis Dunn. Uh, it was directed by John Carpenter. And um, the movie, I guess, did okay. I mean, I guess it was considered a flop. It was 
uh, a budget of like twenty five million, but it only made eleven. Wow! Yeah. I didn't know it did that bad. Yeah, it only well as far as the U.S., it's around eleven. It's around eleven million. So, um, but I mean, we're reviewing it today. There was a huge crowd at that screening. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is like why do people like this movie? Do you think? I think it's for all that it is. It's a family movie, basically. Like <laughs> you know, you can watch it with your kids, which I did growing up. It's one of the most watched movies in the household, and you know, you got Kurt Russell, who's basically your Indiana Jones. He's a bumbling, silly hero that ends up being a hero. It's just a fun, silly, entertaining, creative movie. Now, I watched this with my brother. I don't know if we gathered around the <laughs> the couch <laughs> watching this after, you know, Sunday really dinner. I family, Rob. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, my brother showed this to me. It was sort of my intro into the whole fantasy supernatural thing, as far as my memory goes. I'm sure there's stuff earlier than that, but this is when I was really starting to get into, like, horror and monsters, and I just found them to be kind of fascinating, and everybody with their powers... And all that good stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of my upbringing with it. Have you ever heard of anyone who disliked this movie, though? Mm, I haven't, actually. I mean, it kind of comes down to the company you keep, basically. Yeah. I'm honestly not around anybody who has ever said anything horrible about this movie. I either get people saying they love it or they haven't even heard of it. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's a, another thing is that people just haven't he- heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, yeah, let's talk about the plot. Uh, what is this about? So, I guess this trucker who is friends with this guy, they, what, have a bet mm-hmm. and... A bottle. Yes, I know that bottle scene. <laughs> And, yeah, upon collecting the money, I guess they make a pit stop to the airport where they pick up um, Wang's girlfriend who is just coming into America, probably from China. I don't, I wasn't listening, okay? (laughs) Just put it that way. I wasn't listening (laughs) back then. But anyway, so she gets kidnapped and it sort of, um, I guess, goes into this whole, like, underground world that they kind of knew about but wasn't sure and yeah and all you know hijinks and adventures ensues i there's probably a better way to describe this movie but yeah basically this kidnapping just leads to this like rescue mission that has to deal with like demons and goblins and monsters and gangs who all, all put hang together. out you know they're very chinese looking but they all hang out in san francisco yeah, for some reason apparently <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, what did you think when you, like, first saw this movie? Like, did you expect it to be, like, super serious, like, heavy action, like Terminator or something? Or were you okay with the fact that it's just this super silly movie? You know, I was very young. I don't remember exactly how young when I first saw it, but I think as a kid, you go in just expecting to be entertained and not caring what kind of hijinks ensue. Yeah. So, I just... Again, I grew up as always on TV. We'd watch it every single time. So I didn't really have any expectations, and I was just used to it from a young age. Yeah. Yeah, so was I. I mean, watching this... Excuse me. Watching this, I only 
had access to certain movies and again whatever my brother showed me and this honestly didn't have a lot of blood in it or whatever it doesn't no i mean there are a lot of gross scenes i guess there's a couple of stuff that may be inappropriate for children but that's only if they ask questions right because i mean the brothel is something that you probably don't want them to see but there was no nudity Hmm. from my understanding just a woman like in her underwear or something that was Let's pretty call much it, it negligee yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's funny because the the company we had in the movie neither of them had seen it so rob and i were sitting in the middle all excited with the newbies around us and the part when the uh, the gangs are fighting and suddenly these gods of thunder and lightning and every come in we looked over and their faces were just what yeah <laughs> what just happened so far <laughs> we've been dealing with the silly kidnapping this girl gets kidnapped that's it and these two, yeah, these two gangs are fighting, and all of a sudden there's this green blob of glow, and then three people come shooting out of it with Raiden hats on. Did I don't you even know what those are called. Green blob of glow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you call that? Was that like a dimension door or something? Or I would call it a blobby green glow. Rob. Okay, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. I looked over, and they were just like, "Why are there these people hopping out?" <laughs> just ready to like fight. and okay so answer me this do you even know why well i guess there was a good and bad gang i guess within that funeral in that alley so were they there to i guess defeat the good help the bad i don't i don't even know why they were even there like that whole scene was just like let's just put an action scene in there and it had nothing to do with the kidnappers from my understanding i just didn't get it yeah, I think what I get out of it is the good gang is um, they're doing the whole funeral thing with their leader, yeah. and then they get the surprise attack. But you're right, I don't really know why exactly the gods show up, and then Lopan himself, he's just kind of like, hey guys, I'm here now. It's yeah. like, it's rural. <laughs> I wish I could remember the name of these gangs, but I mean, the the villainous ones, I mean, they did kind of work for Lopan, so mm-hmm. maybe they're there to back him up or something. But just that specific attack, I don't see had anything to do with the main mission. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was the catalyst for Jack's truck to get stolen which is what threw him into the mix on top like it made it personal for him that okay yeah i mean yeah that's a very important plot point is that his truck i mean yeah the only reason why this <laughs> white guy is like involved with all this like chinese mess is because his truck got stolen right so i mean that's all he's in it for he is not trying to be the hero he just wants his truck back and his money mm-hmm. so <laughs> okay so what did you think about um let's talk about jack Burton then Kurt Russell awesome choice awesome choice yes I don't remember what came out first like his escape to whatever city he was in like New York did those in the LA did they come out first I think or like in between I may have to look it up but I would want to say the first one would have come out before Big Trouble but that was also John Carpenter Okay, mm-hmm. and so I guess Kurt Russell was known as an established like action star. Yeah, and I I was just reading. Um, he said he loves working with John because John is one of the directors who gives him the most freedom to make these characters that then become so iconic. Like I know uh, Kurt 
is the one who insisted on wearing those lovely boots that he was wearing as Jack. Oh, God, those (laughs) knee-high boots? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know, he had his pants tucked into him, too. Yep. (laughs) I guess that's what you do when you wear those. I I actually paid close attention to those boots, actually, that night when I was watching it. I was like, what are you wearing? Like, yeah. He, He had a very specific look. Yeah. Yeah. So... Jack Burton, he had he had some of the best lines, I thought. Uh, Do you want to go over your favorite line with us? You yeah. know you want to. No, no, I'm going to bring that up. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring up lines in a second. But like, he, yeah, he obviously had the best lines. I mean, he was, he was basically like this sort of egotistical guy who was so full of himself. I don't even think he was directly talking to anybody on the whole you know, radio or whatever in his truck. I think he was literally just talking to whoever was going to listen. And he was just talking to himself, basically, with his stories of adventures. No, you know there was some lonely trucker out there, like, sitting on the side of the road, like, jerking off to his stories. Like, <laughs> they just thought it was so hot. Well, I mean, it no- nothing stopped him. Nobody responded. He just kept candy going. Candy cane. I know. I was just thinking of candy cane. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's obviously one of those guys that's just, you know, a very like manly macho guy or whatever, but yet have no skills to back it up. Right. I mean, aside from his reflexes, he, he kind (laughs) of just stumbled his way into heroism. But, um, one of my questions to you is, do you actually see him as the main star of this movie? As well as like the main hero. Because when you look at it, you've got Wang and, you know, Jack Burton in the center of this, but it's Wang's girlfriend that gets kidnapped. It's his sort of like mission to like be the hero or protagonist of this. And it's not to say that Jack Burton's like a sidekick, but I mean, was he the real hero of this movie or would you say Wang is more of the central focus? So what I think is Kurt Russell, in my opinion, is the star of the movie. Because when you think about it, I think because this is an American movie, I think they used him as somebody that American audiences can kind of uh, relate to. You know, he's the kind of ignorant white guy who doesn't know about Chinese culture. He runs in like an idiot and just does a bunch of random stuff. But if you think about the movie, he's really the catalyst for everything everything that happens because he's always the guy who's like, hey, these gangs are fighting. Let's go over here. Well, you know, Wang and everybody else is like, whoa, we know about these gangs. There's history here. We need to stay away. Yeah. So I think the movie wouldn't have happened without Jack. But is Jack the actual hero? I think he's only as heroic as he ends up being because of Wang and Egg. Okay. By the time he does something heroic towards the end of the movie, it's because he's drank that potion. Yeah. But, you know, Wang is awesome the whole movie. I know. And and this is one of the things that I actually forgot. Because uh, when they drink that potion, you know, like Wang's able to do some really like crazy, you know, martial arts kind of fighting or whatever. But I completely forgot he already had that skill mm-hmm. beforehand because he was fighting throughout the whole movie. But you never got the sense that he knew martial arts because he just seemed a little bumbling, like, idiot himself. Especially when he couldn't cut the bottle with a knife. I was just like, what is going on? And it was just the way that he was, like, all goo-goo for his girl and just the way that, like, 
he ran after him. Uh, like, so she gets kidnapped and he starts to run after him, but he feels like he couldn't do it without Jack. He's mm-hmm. like, come on, Jack, you know, like, I need you with me, you know? So it just didn't feel like he could do things on his own. And it just seemed like, oh, I need you for this. Can you do this for me? And I need, I can't pay you. I need you to blah, blah, blah. And so it's just like, it didn't seem like he had that skill to kind of do that. So I forgot, but he already knew what he was doing. And yeah. That's true. I didn't think about that because you're right. He doesn't do anything without Jack, which yeah. Jack's the catalyst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I see your point, though, because this is a movie where magic and legends and mystical creatures technically don't exist. I mean, we're discovering it at the same time Jack is, which I think was funny. Some of his reactions <laughs> to some of the stuff come like, you know, I'm running like he could not get off the fact that he just ran through somebody with light coming out of his mouth. <laughs> I know he talked about it for a good like five minutes. Yeah. He was just like, I want to know what's going on. What the hell? And then what's his face? China is here. Mr. Bird. He was like, China <laughs> is here. I don't even know what the hell that means. I just thought that. Was so funny. But yeah, I mean, he was just as confused as everybody else. But I guess we're dealing with a legend that these characters heard when they were kids and it's just all coming true. And David Lopan apparently is some known criminal or just some guy who owns everything but yet never shows his face. Um, Oh, yeah. And that was another thing. What did you think about the fact that everybody kind of knew each other, but they didn't? So, like, they're at the airport, they see Gracie Law, he knows who she is, but, I mean, is she really, like, a good lawyer to be well-known that way? And then she shows up at the restaurant like she knew exactly where to go because of all this drama that's been happening. I, I just, I don't know, everything just kind of fit together and where they just knew all of each other but yet knew nothing. Well, first off, you ask, is she a good lawyer? Her last name is Law, Rob. I know. Law. That was meant to be. But no, I get what you mean. They almost treat it like Chinatown is so small. Like, of course everybody knows each other. Yeah. Yeah, she just walks into the restaurant and then she just sees Margot's car. She's like, I know whose car that is. As yeah, if there's only no. one. Yeah, exactly. It's just, and she's just some reporter. Do we even know? Yeah, she kind of mentioned who she worked for. But yeah, there's we're just introduced to all these people and I guess we just know everybody. Like... Eddie comes in, yeah, I've heard about you. I'm like, who are you, though? <laughs> like, how do you know everyone? And why is he there? I don't even know what he was doing. What does he do? He just wanted some Margot ass. That's why he was there. <laughs> I can't remember what his role is, like, in the movie, though. Like, if he just works for the restaurant or something. I don't know. It was just, I don't know, it was just kind of weird. Like, everybody just kind of knew each other. So I was like, oh, okay. But um, what did you think of the actors that were chosen? For this, do you think they were all typed very well? I think so. Um, I think the guy who plays Egg Shen, I don't know his name, but I don't know how you'd ever replace someone like that who just yeah, looks w- that crazy. It's and, Victor Wong. But, okay, Victor yeah. Wong. And then I think uh, Kurt Russell is a perfect choice because he plays, I think, the everyman so well, you know? He's just this macho everyman who gets thrown into this crazy situation. Whereas if it was somebody like Arnold, we'd be like, oh, this is an action movie. Like, he's a hero. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and, and Kurt Russell is a funny guy. So I th- I think that was a really good casting choice as well. Um, did you know Jackie Chan 
actually auditioned for Wang's role. Really? Yeah. He didn't get it because at the time his English was not good. Mm. I don't know if he knew enough English as if as he knows right now, but apparently it was a lot worse back then. <laughs> but um I read that he shows up in the gang war in the alley. He's like one of the good. I I thought I spotted him, but I don't know what he looked like back then. So it was hard to really guarantee that that was him. But I thought I spotted him. Right. I remember there. you saying that. And the guy did really look like him. So I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Carpenter did want uh, Jackie Chan to be that. And then, um, yeah, it just sucks that he didn't get it. Because, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's not like I knew him back then. But now knowing him, I'm, I'm sure he would have made the role really, really good. But, um, yeah, no, I thought everybody was was cast very well. I mean, Kim Troll, I mean, I know her from, like, back then, the only thing I knew her from was Mannequin. That's that's all oh, I know. Oh, she was in that? Yeah, she was the Mannequin. Oh, wow, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, so she, <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much how I knew her. Other than that, Kurt Russell, I, I guess I knew from Overboard. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really get into most of his action career until later. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I know. And then, um, oh, no, actually, scratch that. I may have remembered him from Tango and Cash. I've never seen that. Oh, you've got to see Tango and Cash. Don't you know, tell me what to do. So you know who else was in that? Um, it's the guy who played David Lopan. Oh, really? James Hong. So James Hong mm-hmm. was also in Tango and Cash. They never had a scene together, but it was so funny to kind of point out that those two like popped up together. Um, so let's talk about the writing. What do you think of the dialogue in this movie? I think the dialogue, I mean, it's it's a little cheesy, but it goes with the movie. It's so much fun. Well, see, that's the other thing is like, do you think this movie was made to, I guess, laugh at itself? And like say, oh, not to say that, oh, it's so bad, it's good, but just like, is this a spoof? Is this considered a horror comedy? And Or were they really trying to be serious and it just came off funny? I think, I mean, this is just a theory of mine, but I read that the movie first off, well, I guess this part's not the theory, but uh, <laughs> the movie first off started off as a more serious like Western with action in it and horses and, you know, Jack had yes. a horse, not the truck. Yeah. But another writer came in, and he was said to write it more funny. So I think the funny was intentional. I like to think that they kind of knew that the material of having this whole underground China, you know, in San Francisco, and have this magic, I think it could come off really cheesy as a serious movie, and I think they kind of knew that, so I think they purposely wrote it as funny. Yeah. So that way it would sell better. Yeah. Like it did. That that makes sense. And here's the funny thing about it. Like, so the dialogue, in in my opinion, I thought it was it, it was fine. I mean, I don't think I had really think anything wrong with it. I mean, as far as like because some of the some of the actors, you know, they didn't really know English too well. But I mean, I understood them well enough to like not laugh at it, but but enough to understand them, you know, and. Yeah, most of it was funny. It was just some of it just really didn't make sense, like I said earlier, just how <laughs> everybody connected and all that stuff. But um, this movie came out around the same time as Golden Child. Do you remember that movie with Eddie Murphy? Oh, 
Um, I've never seen it. Okay. But I know what you're referring to. Okay. So this movie came out around the same time, and I think everybody was thinking that Big Trouble was going to do very well and also better mm-hmm. than The Golden Child. And The Golden Child kind of has the same kind of plot. This guy gets hired to find this missing kid, but the kid that he has to rescue is like this sort of supreme i don't know if it's supreme being but he's just this mystical child that has like powers and he you know is like a doer he he's like a kid that can pretty much end the world if possible but it introduces eddie murphy into the world of like demons and monsters as well everybody loved eddie murphy back in the 80s so that was not even a question if that movie was going to do well but everybody predicted big trouble was going to do better while big trouble made 11 million Golden Child made $78 million wow. at the box office. And so, but you, but it's weird because, yeah, it made more money, but who thinks about Golden Child? Right. You know, when do we get to see midnight screenings of that? Everybody talks about Big Trouble in Little China, and I think a big part of that is the writing because it is fun. It is kind of goofy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, I mean, and, and again, it has, you know, that whole monster, you know, thing for it, you know, so kids can get into it, adults can get into it too. So, yeah, I just found that to be funny because, yeah, you would think, but so what do you think? Like, do you think that says a movie is better because it's talked about more or money wise? Because a lot, I mean, we're all based on money, you know, we want to make the money back and all that stuff. But, like, does that say that it's a better movie just because it made a lot of money? Mm, I don't think so, because it could just be that it was better um, advertised at the time. But when you talk about money, look how much merchandise has come out for Big Trouble. In the meantime, there's board games, there's a comic book series, yeah. there's action figures. So you don't see any of that for Golden Child. So over time, Big Trouble has made a fortune out of, you know, what was a flop. Yeah. Same with something like Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that movie didn't make anything, and everybody watches that every year. So, I mean, that makes sense. Um, so, I want to talk about the storms. Thunder, <laughs> lightning, and rain. Do Can have, I admit something to you? What? I think lightning's so cute. He I'm is. I'm like, hi, lightning daddy. <laughs> he's, no, he's, no, he's super cute. Yes. I haven't looked him up like what he looks like now, but Lightning was... So his name's James Pax. Okay. Yeah. So I'll have to... And like his IMDb picture is actually super cute. He's... Yeah. <laughs> he's hot. Um, Did you have... Well, I guess I was going to ask, like, do you have a favorite? But it sounds like you... <laughs> I've yeah, already chosen. Lightning. Like, he's just so cool. Lightning is so freaking cool. Um, I liked Rain at first... Because he was the scariest. Yeah. He seemed the most intimidating. And he had... Well, he didn't have the biggest part. But I just think when he was on screen, he just looked very intimidating and, like, tough to me. You know what's funny about that? The actor didn't know it was a comedy until Wang did his little, like, eyebrow thing when they were fighting. He was oh, like, you're serious? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I read. He that's, didn't know it was a comedy. That's funny. <laughs> So that's probably why he played it very, like, scary and that very could serious. Be. But just his entrance, like, he comes down and then he does that big close-up with his face and his eyes are all gouging out and you just hear that, darn, you know, that little <laughs> bong song. I was like, Jesus. But, I mean, come on now. Lightning powers. Yeah. 
Like, how do you top that? The man came down on this, like, lightning string where he's, like, jolting down like a fire pole. And then you just see lightning being reflected off his, like, vest. I was like, he looked super badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I, lightning's my favorite. I guess he, he's based on a real god, but I guess the god always looks a lot more traditional Chinese than he did. He was more of a... Uh, embodiment of physical person yeah so uh that opened a door to raiden in mortal Kombat, and then i also found out that shang song is a direct inspiration from david, david Lopin. oh yeah that is yeah now that you say that's it, a almost a spitting image mm-hmm. of him yeah that would make sense well there you go so this movie can inspire video games i mean when i saw raiden i immediately thought lightning right. because of the hat and everything but um yeah thunder i i don't know what to say about that man like he was obsessed with david lopin let's just say he yes. is a very loyal minion but um and what a crap power too <laughs> i know well that's the other thing too it's like so lightning has lightning power but the other two didn't really represent their storm in the same way I mean, like the sound effects kind of gave Rain his thing, mm-hmm. and he was the mo- he mostly he was like doing stuff with like levitation, right? Yeah, with the you know little red bouncy balls. I don't know what that was about, but that was kind of cool, I mm-hmm. guess. Thunder, I guess, just had a, a like a like a a punch with his like a I don't know, like he just packed a punch with his I don't know, and then he can like fill himself with air. Yeah. That was his thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was funny. And you know, like I'm listening to him and I'm like, okay, so he can be in this movie with his English, but Jackie Chan cannot. I don't know. There was something about when he was like, I can't even remember what he said. Like you play your cards right and you live to talk about oh, it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Jackie Chan couldn't said that. Like, that I don't know, but I mean, Wang has a bigger role, so I guess it made sense. But you know what? Jackie has built a bridge and gotten over it, and you need to do the same, Rob. You need to let it go. <laughs> Just would have been cool, <laughs> but um, okay, so yeah, no, but I thought the storms were cool. Um, I, I like their outfits, their entrance, their their you know, choices of weapon, and like their entrance was mm-hmm. epic. I love their entrance. Uh, so yeah, I thought they were cool. What did you, what did you think of the, um, special effects? I thought they were really good. Yeah. The one that I think is funny is he looked amazing. The little eyeball monster. But the thing that's funny about it is that thing cost a hundred thousand dollars for just two minutes of screen time. Can you believe that? Like if I were on RuPaul's Drag All-Stars right now, I'd be sweating my balls off trying to win that much money. And John Carpenter was like... Shantae, you stay, little <laughs> eye monster. <laughs> yeah, that monster was actually pretty cool, but I mean, I wonder if it represented like a well-known creature or something. Because I mean, that's a very specific creature to just be some psychic connection or like you're, I mean, they they had security cameras in the building and yet that thing was still needed to be around. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I mean, uh, apparently it was like that psychic connection where he could see everything, but it was just nothing but eyes. And oh, what about Wild Man? First of all, had no idea he had a name. The That little creature with the giant big mouth. Oh, yes. Apparently his name is Wild Man. I don't know where that name came from because I don't remember ever 
being said in the movie, but I looked him up, and apparently he goes by hmm. Wild Man. Apparently the actor was a, a big whiner. He hated the suit. He hated doing the scenes. Like, I guess they had a lot of trouble with him. He Well, he had to kind of crotch down and, you know, just kind of walk all wobbly or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. That suit or all that makeup looked pretty heavy. It did. Yeah. But it, it moved really well, though. It looked like a real creature. I thought so. I think the effects all in all, were really good. I think they went through a lot of pain to really build up this world to the point where a huge fish comes out of the wall and eats a guy, and that's all that we see of it. And they're just like, oh, he got eight, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> that. I mean, I'm not saying that's a waste of money. I'm, I don't remember being scared from it, like a jump scare, but it, it was just pretty out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And just be like, okay, we got... It's probably like a guard dog, and we just... <laughs> does, I mean, that that's just kind of how I see it. But it adds to it. Like, it's really cool. They're in real danger. There's stuff down there that can get them, you know? Yeah. So I think it adds to the movie, and it just shows that they really wanted to make a good-looking movie. Yeah. I, I do like the special effects. Um, you know, practical effects, I, I don't think they're looked down upon. I think we want to bring back practical effects into today's movies but apparently it it costs a lot more to use than cgi Mm -hmm. and um so i mean i get it you know save what you can and you know put more into other things of the movie but i thought the special effects were really good i also enjoy uh a lot of the settings that they had for this movie i thought were cool um yeah just that whole layer in itself i think was awesome uh, David Lopan as the old man in the wheelchair. <laughs> God, he was such a pimp. He, he was so cool. And got, I mean, he just, yeah, he made me laugh so much when he did that small part. But his makeup alone, just that, see, that see-through like skin that he had mm-hmm. was was pretty cool. I'm um, so excited to tell you who I chose for him. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. We're going we're gonna to do a Dreamcast later. But um, before we get to that... Um, I want to talk about the part where they like drink the potion and it kind of gives you all this like confidence and stuff. I feel really good right now, Rob. I know (laughs) they were getting like real, like (laughs) in that elevator. But, um, what do you think kind of skill would have like unleashed in you if you like drank that? Because it was kind of like Dream Warriors in a way, right? Right. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, how they all had their specific skill or whatever. Like, what kind of skill do you think would have like unleashed when you like drank that? I, as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to fly. So I don't think it would make me be able to fly. But I like to think I'd be hopping around you just have hops, like a right? hot little rabbit, like <laughs> well, Wang was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wang couldn't fly or float, but he did have like these high jumps or whatever. Mm-hmm. I no, honestly, I was I was thinking the same thing. I I don't know if I would have like super strength or anything. You know what? I would probably have agility, agility. Like either like I would either be faster or just swift, very swifty with my moves or whatever. So, I just got an image of us like drinking something and being like, "Quick, Rob, throw the book at me!" And then it hits me in the head and like cut to the hospital, like blood everywhere. <laughs> cut to the hospital, like fight over. Work. I quit. Like, no, wrong day. <laughs> we need to go tomorrow. I gotta go to the hospital. What's that Mountain Dew or potion, Rob? <laughs> you know, for a second, I thought that Egg Shen was playing a trick on them, and like made mm. them think 
that it was like super pimp juice <laughs> to make, you know, to make them confident and go down there. Cause I mean, like the other guys was kind of making these faces like, yeah, they're kind of cheesy right now. And they were the only ones kind of com commenting about it. So I thought that it was like a trick, but I mean, watching Wang, like literally like do a three sixty on a wall. Arch, right. Obviously it was for real. So, and then Jack catching a knife with his hands. Like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty <laughs> badass. Um, do you think the movie was offensive at all as far as the Asian culture or any kind of culture in that? I personally don't think it was. I think, like, for example, like Lopan, he's definitely a stereotype, but I don't think all the Asians in the movie were stereotypes. I think it was smarter than to have somebody like Wang, who is a very level-headed person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it showed all the different angles. And I know I read that a lot of people were upset that like Jack was the hero. Like, why does the white man have to be the hero? But, you know, like I said earlier, I don't think he was. I think Wang was more of the hero and Jack was along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I would say that I agree. I, I don't know too much about Asian culture to point out any huge offenses, um, yes, there are definite stereotypes in the movie, but I will say that I, I was happy to see Chinese actors play the parts that they were in. Right. And that, I mean, because the whole thing could have just been whitewashed. It did take place in San Francisco. But that just obviously... Look at him saying that now. Like, he's I know, an expert. Well, like, I knew this all along. No, but I mean, but that was one of the reasons why I did think it took place in China because of the number of... Asian actors that were in it. Mm -hmm. I can't really think back to a movie that had that many Asian actors in one movie that wasn't a literal foreign film. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean that being that that kind of explains why I thought that, but I mean, it was really nice to kind of see all of that looking back, you know, that they, they had an opportunity to be in, in a, in a movie for America, but yeah, you know, Kurt Russell sort of being sort of our <clears throat> our eyes into this world and kind of going it through him. I mean, it all comes down to just being relatable. You know, the people who are watching it, we need to relate to somebody in this world and who else than some naive, you know, guy who knows nothing about like what's going on as far as their culture is concerned. So it made sense, but I can definitely see why... Um, you know, the, the Asian culture would have like offense to it. Okay. So, but yeah, I didn't read too much offense to it. I, uh, a friend of mine at work who's, who's Asian as well. He hates this movie and he, he found it kind of offensive too, but he's really big on stereotypes as well. Okay. Like he just doesn't want to see it at all on screen. So has he, he's seen it before though, right? Yes, he's okay. seen it before. And he, he just wants it like he wants sort of like a colorblind sort of casting when it comes to that mm -hmm. and casting an, an Asian actor, not because of the Asian features, but because they just fit the role. Gotcha. But yeah. So he really wouldn't go back and be like, Ooh, let's watch big trouble little China today, you know? So, yeah. Cause I actually, I have a good friend too, who's Asian and I asked her, her thoughts on the film and you know if it was racist to her or not and she laughed at me she said she actually loves the movie she's also kind of a 
bad judge because she's basically like sushi where she's rice on the outside, but she's all white girl on the inside. <laughs> Never heard of that term in my life. What is it called? I just made it up as we went, oh Robin. It's God, probably was... super offensive, but Jesus. hey, this is me. <laughs> God. Okay, moving on. Uh, Sean, do you have any favorite parts that you liked? Um, I, I love the whole end scene. I do love the big fight between Wang and Rain. And then I like the big explosion of thunder in that whole scene. Like, I just think the ending is a lot of fun. I, I, I don't know what to make of that thunder just committing suicide like that. Like, that was the weirdest thing. A lot of people had no idea what that was about. It just happened. He just saw his boyfriend dead on the ground. And that's the other thing, too. It's like, you wonder, was it straight up loyalty? Because for a while, I thought, oh, the leader's gone, so it kills all the minions. Mm -hmm. And Rain was already dead before it happened. And then, you know, lightning kind of just came at the end. But I thought it was because... He realized his master had died, so he had to die too. Is it straight loyalty, or do you think like he was seriously in love with this well, man? I also took it as he's so angry that his power is just kind of like out of control. Like he's in, oh, he was in yeah, love with yeah. Lopan, but he just so he just got too it. angry and, and lost control, right? And I think that's why he doesn't really affect anything when he blows up because I don't think he meant it to like stand there in that spot so I can explode on you. But, yeah. you know, he was angry. <laughs> yeah, no, those are really good parts. That The end scene was pretty good. I, um, I don't know why I... There were parts of the rescue mission that I really, really like. Like, um, when, when they're all about to head out and Jack's like, okay, through this door, we just got to go here and blah, blah, blah. And oh, they yeah. open the door and they're all just standing there. And then you hear the <laughs> gong. And here's the thing. It's like when you're a gang, it's like, okay, guys, let's just be quiet and like right. stand here until they open the door. It'll be a really cool like image. Surprise. Yeah, exactly. And they don't even say anything. They're just like, and then they shut the door. But I really like that part. And then, um... There, there was, there was one other part in sort of this. Oh yeah, when they are, um, when they're uh, trading guns, like they're, <laughs> yeah, like they, <laughs> one grabs a gun and he's just like, I'll trade you, and then he grabs it, and then he grabs it. Poor Eddie, he just always just gets <laughs> yep. the, yeah. He kind of seemed like the butt of the joke throughout the movie, but he kind of held his own. Like he was there, he's ready to help. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. But um, no, I like that part. Um, but yeah, like you said, the ending was was pretty good. I love, I've always loved the set in the ending too. Like Lil Pan's lair with the big neon skull and everything going on. It's mm -hmm. so cool looking. Yeah, that ceremony was pretty tight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, tell me this, Rob, because watching it again, I kind of picked up on this, but I think it's funny that Lil Pan is supposed to stick them with the needle, take their blood... Which seemed to complete everything because he was physical, but then they kind of threw in, oh yeah, and you're supposed to kill him too. Like, it almost felt like, alright, let me ask you, what do you think of that? So he's supposed to... He's supposed to kill the girls too, after taking well, the yeah, blood. Well, yeah, yeah, so they take the blood and then sacrifice the girl to the gods. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, he was lucky to find two girls for one. Mm -hmm. So then it just became, oh, well, now I'm just going to, you know, have sex with, with this girl, too. And <laughs> I was like, okay, like, I don't know. I mean, it, 
it was it was all right. I mean, I don't think I had any big qualms about it, but I mean, sacrificing versus taking the blood. I mean, you would think they would run hand in hand, but it kind of felt tacked on to me. Like they had to put the woman in danger because he got what he needed while they were alive. Yeah. But then suddenly, oh, by the way, I have to kill them, too. Yeah. That. Yeah, I guess that is a little Mm -hmm. weird if you think about it. Tell me this. Why would David Lopan want to be real? Because here's the thing, like, he's a ghost, he can't really physically touch anything, even though when the truck hit him, <laughs> this doll just got <laughs> hit in the freaking front of the <laughs> truck, but, like, he's obviously able to travel outside of his building, because he showed up in the alley, mm-hmm. he has all these powers, did you notice that James Hong, as a human, was there? Because as the truck is driving through before the... um the funeral started you see him like turn around and like look oh, oh yeah that was him yep i don't know what that was about i don't even know how he was able to do that but they just kind of threw him in there but it's just like why would you want to be human well because i would think when he is physically a human he's this decrepit old man that can't do anything but he wants to be physical so that he can be physical, but also be in his like real body and actually touch the world again, you know? But it was one of those things. I mean, maybe I just missed it when I was watching it again, but it's like, I don't know if he still would have had his powers or something mm-hmm. because like becoming real was like step one of taking over the world, but you literally made yourself so vulnerable because all it took was a knife in the head for you to die. True. So I'm like, I, I just didn't know what being human would have done for him if he's able to, like, leave his lair. He can still keep his powers and everything. Oh, that was kind of cool, too. The, like, the little Star Wars, like, <laughs> lightsaber. Game. Yeah, that was that was kind of cool. Your Schwartz is as big as mine. It sure was like a <laughs> Schwartz moment. I know, that part was pretty cool, too. Uh, do you have any favorite lines? Um... Not really. Nothing, surprisingly, nothing really sticks with me from the movie, Mm -hmm. line-wise, even though I love it. Go ahead, tell us your favorite line. Uh, I just, well, one in particular, there's a couple of lines that I like, but um, when she, like, when Meow Yan gets kidnapped in the beginning, and, like, they go into the garage, and, like, the gang almost hits them with their Camaro, and then he gets up and he's just like, son of a bitch must pay. And then he just cuts to the next scene. I don't know why. It was just the way he said it. And then the China is here line. China is here. I don't even know what the hell that means. Nope. All I, yeah, I just love that line for some reason. But one of the biggest lines that I like, I, I wish I can quote it, but it was Kim Control when she was like consoling Wang. And she was, I, it was the, it was either the white tigers or there was something else. Oh yeah. They, he mentions David Lopan. He was like the most dangerous, like blah, 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 blah. And then like, she puts his, her hand on her, on his shoulder, like consoling. It was just the way she just like <laughs> delivered those lines was so cheesy and over the top. It, it, she just made, and it got a real kick out of like the audience. Everybody really loved that scene. Cause it mm-hmm. just seemed like it was a soap opera at this point. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that movie had a lot of other, like, cool quotes and whatnot, but that son of a bitch must pay was, son like... Son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> I just love that line <laughs> so much. 
Um, one other question before we like um, kind of close this up. What do you think the beginning was? Because Action's in the office. This obviously took place after the fact. I don't even know who that guy is. If he's a lawyer, did he get sued by the city? Like, what was that scene about? Well, if you notice... Or if he was a cop or something. I, I couldn't figure out what that was all about. That actor is actually in the X-Files. And if you notice, about 23 minutes into the movie, Mulder and Scully are actually in the background because it was supposed to be a backdoor into X-Files. That is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that scene was actually literally tacked on because uh, I read that the producers wanted um, Jack to be presented as more heroic than he was. Yeah. So I think that scene was thrown in just for Egg Shen to say Jack Burton is a heroic man and introduce Jack as like he's the big savior. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it is supposed to just be like a police uh, investigation. I think that guy's part of the police. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't really serve much purpose and kind of spoil that we're going to see some awesome green flame blobby thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with all that's going on right now, like this movie has, it's, it's obviously a cult classic. People are following it. Um, there are comic books, there's board games, there apparently was a video game, I think it was for PC, I've never played it before, have you seen it? I've never heard of it. I'm surprised that this game, like, I would love a console game of this, this has all the elements of a video game, I, I would love that, but I really want to play those board games, those board games look so much fun. Yes, they do, especially yeah. the new one. Yeah, the new one looks good, it's not out yet, but... Um, it's supposed to be coming out sometime during this first quarter. So hopefully we'll see it in a couple months. But I do love the artwork and, and you know, the work they put into it. So, yeah, hopefully that game is pretty cool. Do you think, though, that there is an audience for this movie? Or if you tried to introduce somebody new to it, do you think that it would go well with the majority of today's audience? Or is it only for, like, a specific type of person? Mm, I think it would still stand up for today's audiences. I mean, our friends really enjoyed it. I think it's got a lot of effects and um, a lot of good one-liners. It's funny. It's fun. It's got a story that it may not be the deepest story, but it keeps you engaged. You know, it's the classic need-to-save-the-girl type story. So I think there's enough entertainment value there to suck anybody in. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I was I was always curious about that if this movie seems dated or you know it wouldn't relate to anybody who, you know, would watch it today and find it super cheesy or something. And I think that there still is a fan base for this. Uh geeks for sure would love mm -hmm. this movie. Anybody who's into like monsters and fantasy. Um I think do you think young kids would enjoy watching a movie like this or do you think it would be too scary for them mm, i think the majority of kids i think would enjoy it i yeah. don't think it's an overly scary movie it does have some monsters but i don't think they're like freddy krueger gonna come and kill you type monsters they're more like set within this world at yeah. least that's how i felt when i was a kid i was never scared of them yeah neither was i no mm -hmm. it, this movie never really scared me i was just more amazed like oh lou cool powers i want right. one yeah so um why don't we rate this film 
So this rating um, that we're going to do is basically one through five. And for me, I like to rate films on an entertainment value um, scale. So it's 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 kind of like one through five is like worst to best. But for me, I go through certain specific parts of entertainment. That's how I kind of grade my movies. I pay attention to the acting, the writing, um, how the movie is engaging. And also, if this is a movie that you would recommend to someone, and is it rewatchable? Like, can you watch it again and still have fun with it? So we're going to rate Big Trouble in Little China um, green eyes. So how many green eyes would you give this film? Um, I would give it... And why? I would give it a five, actually, because... Okay, five I th- green eyes. Five green eyes. Sorry, I'll go with your green eyes. <laughs> five green eyes. Because um, I do think it's fun. I, I would recommend it to a friend, and I have in the past. Um, it's definitely rewatchable. Um, for me, personally, I don't always remember specific lines and everything like that, but I think it almost helps with this movie because you can go back and rewatch it and relive those lines every time. All the little Jack one liners, which are so funny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to give this uh five green eyes as well. I, this film is still fun. I had a great time watching it again and yeah, some of it is a little bit of nostalgia, but at the same time, it still has all the elements that I really enjoy watching in a movie. Uh, it is considered a horror movie based on the monsters and demons and stuff, but at the same time, um, it does have that supernatural thing to it. Uh, it has great lines. I I love all the actors in it, and it was just all around fun. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a movie that has aged pretty well. I don't find it dated at all. And yeah, I would recommend this too. So good start to. Um, yeah, no, I like this. This is good. So now we are going to... Um, oh, so basically, this movie is so good. The Rock, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson, has decided he wants to produce and also star in a remake of Big Trouble in Little China. So for those who have not seen this movie, you can either watch the original or wait for the... Um, possible crap that could you know could come out uh i love the fact that this movie is still being acknowledged and that there is an opportunity to make this film relatable in today's you know with today's audience but um i don't know are you okay with them making a remake to this i would be okay with a remake i'm a little hesitant about it i don't know that it needs one just yet Mm-hmm. My main gripe, though, is I really do like The Rock. I loved him in Jumanji. He was hysterical. Yes. I don't know that I like him as Jack Burton. Jack Burton is such, you know, an everyday man. But The Rock, you see him. He's all muscle. Like, I don't know if I'm going to buy you The Rock as a truck driver and then a reticent hero, you know? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, whether we like it or not, this movie is definitely getting made. So we decided that we are going to um, announce our Dreamcast, who we would like 
in the film in a segment that I like to call A Geek Can Dream. <laughs> oh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we'll just basically announce a character and then we'll announce, you know, say who we want for that role and then we'll see which one has the better movie. All right. So let's see. Why don't we start with. Should we just do Jack Burden? Let's start with Jack. All right. Who did you pick for Jack? I wanted someone who is a little cutie, but who could also play kind of that full of himself, but also be a hero. So I chose Mr. Jensen Ackles. Oh, okay. Mm hmm. That could work. I see. He is super funny on. He is. Do you see him as a like? Do you think he can lead this movie though? You know what's funny is, I was a little worried about that. I mean, I guess he was in My Bloody Valentine. Yes. But I actually changed my Gracie when I chose Jensen Ackles because okay. I was like, I need to put someone who's gonna compliment him and help bring that out of him and not yeah. overshadow. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I oh god. So I had three. And it to me, it really depends on the type of movie that this is. I mean, if it's going to be just as goofy, do we want somebody who's funny in the front line? Um, but we also want someone who can pull off an action movie. So mine, mine is a little basic, but just talking about this movie, I've chosen Statham. You know what's funny is I thought about him yeah, too. Yeah, so again, yeah, a lot of people don't really find him to be, like, not not relatable, but I mean, he just sort of seems full of himself from what I gather mm -hmm. from some people. But after his performance in Spy, he is freaking hilarious. <laughs> he is so funny. He's so good with one-liners, and I know that some of that was ad-libbed. I think that he can pull this off i think he could yeah so but i had i had two others that were kind of maybes i had josh holloway do you know okay. who that is for uh, sawyer from yes Lost. exactly okay. i had josh holloway and then i had uh joel kinnaman so he was the guy who played robocop oh okay i like him as an actor i think he's a phenomenal actor he's he's played in more serious roles mm -hmm. but i think that he could be funny you know he was in suicide squad right. and he you just saw a little bit of a lighter side to him so he was almost my second choice actually but after i'm gonna go with i was gonna go with statham so okay i'm still gonna go with ackles <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to change your mind but my movie will still be better okay mm. so from jack let's go to gracie law who is um Kim Cattrall holds that role at the moment, but who would you cast as your Gracie Law? So my choices were brought to you by the CW because for Gracie, I chose, I'm going to say her name wrong too, Melissa Benoist, Supergirl. Oh, you chose Supergirl. Mm -hmm. I think she'd be great at being kind of the, the over the top, but still looking for the scoop kind of Gracie. I think she'd be adorable. Well, she's already a reporter, as you can see. Right. Here's the thing. I looked at the poster, and you know how Kim Cattrall is all spread out with her legs out, you know, <laughs> just kind of looking all damsel? Mm -hmm. For some reason, I saw Jaila just, like, on that poster. She's not my pick, though. Okay. But Jayla just popped in my head when I looked at that. <laughs> um, So, with... 
with Jason Statham, I chose um, Evangeline Lilly. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, I I want Gracie Law to be more. I I want her to be tougher. Mm. And I mean, because Kim Cattrall was super confident, like the woman wouldn't shut up. She had something to say. She was super nosy. She didn't care. And after watching Evangeline and Little Evil, I think that she can right. pull off sort of a naive, funny girl, um, but also still be tough when it comes to. So she was my pick. And then if it wasn't going to be her, it was Dakota Johnson. Do you know who my original pick was? was your- Charlize. Really? But then I thought she might overshadow the she lead too She would. Much. I mean, that's the thing. She kind of did that in Mad Max. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, unless you swap genders, then. Yep. But yeah. I mean, obviously that would. Charlie's can do no wrong. Honestly. I know. I thought she would have the look, you know. She looks yeah. similar to Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Okay. So, who was your choice for Wang? John Cho. Oh, okay. I like John Cho. So do I. Yeah. John Cho would be cool. He's I, in the comedic world, too. Yeah, he's so, I mean, funny, and I could see him, like, we saw him in Star Trek kind of be, you know, the adventurous kind of yeah. serious man, too, so I think he could pull it off. Okay. Uh, you know who I chose. I don't. Steven Yen. Oh, okay. Yes. I love Steven Yen. He is amazing, and his growth from Walking Dead to now... I think that in the movie, he would be sort of this like, oh my God, what do I do? I need my friends. And then all of a sudden just kick fucking ass. (laughs) And I just, and you know, he's hot. So I just want to see more of him. But yeah, Steven Yin is my pick for Wang. Okay. All right. So next let's do Aikshen. See, I'm proud of this one now because bringing him back to his dream of being in Big Trouble, I chose Jackie Chan. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie Chan. No, that was my pick. I I knew we'd pair up on some of these. Yes, no, no. Jackie Chan would be perfect. He would. For Egg Shen. (laughs) He's the appropriate age. He already knows how to fight. Like, yeah, like you said, he was supposed to be in the original. Why not cast him in this? I think he would be phenomenal right. in this. Yes. Good choices. All right. Um, let's cast Eddie. Okay. For this one, I wanted to go with a more traditional Asian actor to try to bring in more of that audience. Mm-hmm. So I went with someone funny. I went with Stephen Chow. Stephen Chow. Kung Fu Hustle, Shaolin Soccer. Oh, 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 that would have, oh, why am I in awe right now? Because I'm amazing, Well, no, Stephen Chow is really good. Does he speak good English? I don't think I've ever heard him speak English before. Yeah, I didn't know about that. I don't know if I've seen him in an English movie, Mm -hmm. so that might be a barrier. He's a wonderful actor, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I would... think he could play kind of the funny, like, bumbling Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so I did keep Eddie as this sort of fumbling, like, you know, suit and tie, but yet, you know, okay to get his hands dirty. I picked Randall Park. I don't know who that is. So Randall Park is the guy, is the dad on Fresh Off the Boat. Okay. And he was in that um, movie with James Franco and Seth Rogen, where he played King Jong-il. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I picked him for my Eddie. Good choice. He is super funny on Fresh Off the Boat. And he's in everything. 
That's the other thing. He's in everything. Did you see him in um, Office Christmas Party? I did not. Oh, God. He is <laughs> hilarious in that movie. Okay. But yeah, that that's my pick for Eddie. All right. Okay. We'll go with Margo. You know, as we were watching the movie of the night, I just, I saw this actress in the role of Margo and I got really excited. I really want to tell you. Okay. But I waited two days. Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> That could that could work. So so who did you pick for Eddie then? Stephen Chow. Stephen Chow and and Cynthia Nixon. Yes, I think they would be funny together, and I think Cynthia would be good at playing up that kind of like awkward but assured friend. You know, like I think the point in the end when like she's flirting with Eddie, okay. I was like, oh my god, that's Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> Now, is this Miranda from Sex and the City, Cynthia Niskin, or is this somebody else you're thinking about? Yeah, I'm more like Miranda. Like, she more play it the same. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I chose Julie Bowen. Okay. I Just watching her on Modern Family, I think that she pulls off this woman who, like, wants to be in everyone's business but has <laughs> no idea what the hell she's doing. And she has, like, great facial expressions. So I think she would just pull off this, like, woman who, yeah, is like, this is America. (laughs) 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 You can't kick me out, pal. This is America. She just wanted to go. As if she really could, like, go and take care of herself. Oh, yeah. But that was my choice for Margo. All right. um, Let's see. Meow Yin. For her, I really wanted to choose someone who could deliver a lot of lines, you know, because of all the lines that she had. I mean, had. she had, like, the biggest part. Yeah. Yeah. She, this is important. This is, like, the most important. <laughs> uh, for her, um, I chose Karen Fukuhara, who's okay. also from Suicide Squad. She was Katana. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. That would be a good one. I chose uh, Lee Bing Bing. So, do you remember Ada Wong? From Resident Evil. Yes. that That's who she is. She's very gorgeous. Yes. So she's actually had um, a couple of other action uh, adventure movies. She was in Transformers um, and some other movie I can't think of right now. But I, I can see her doing that. And hopefully that would open up to Miami and having a bigger part yeah. than just some damsel. But I find her gorgeous, and, you know, like you, I wanted to pick a, a Chinese actress as well. So, yeah, that was my pick for her. And last but not least, our David Lopan. I would not be surprised if we had the same actor. Here's the thing about that. Before you say this, so I had two people written down all of two days since we saw the movie. Mm-hmm. And probably ten minutes before you arrived, I changed it. Really? Yes. So we'll okay. see if we match. Well, I changed my Jack and Gracie today, actually. Oh, you did? <laughs> but for David Lopan, when we were watching the movie, it was like, this is who needs to play this. This was super hard for me, by the way. For me, I put Ken Jeong, who's from The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about him. Oh, my God. I did not pick him. Okay. I did not pick him. But here's the thing about Ken. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. So this movie would have to be hardcore comedy for him to work, in my opinion. He is just... I don't see him being serious 
in a villainous way. Like he would be, he would be the Christopher Walken of Kung Fu Fury. Honestly, like I just don't know if he would be able to pull off like a. Vi- but I get it. I don't I know. Totally I totally get it. I've heard him in like interviews. He sounds like he's a better actor than what he's been given. Uh-huh. So I think with the source material, he could do it. I here's the thing. The minute you said his name, I see him doing the little right, you know, with his hands <laughs> fighting with his like beams. Like you never could beat me, action. Yeah, I see it. And he does that high pitched voice already. Too. Yes, I do see that. I may have to go with my choice though. Mm. I only cho- oh, here's the thing. I chose this man because he is so versatile with everything he does. He can play anything and anyone. And he's well known as well, B.D. Wong. Who so B.D. Wong was in Jurassic Park. Okay. And he is Doctor Strange in Gotham. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So again, I go all the way back to like Father of the Bride, where he was this campy, you know, wedding planner, to playing a um, a crossdresser in freaking. Um, he was in this movie. Oh God, I forget the name of it yeah where he played this he oh yeah mr robot okay yeah he was a crossdresser mr robot and then he played like this high strong like gambling fiend in uh this will smith movie that was pretty good like he can do anything i just i just think he's super versatile and um i want more gay actors in this movie i didn't know he's gay yeah he's like uber gay no i don't wait is he gay no he yeah no he is gay yeah 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 Oh God! If I get this wrong, I could have swore he. <laughs> no, I could have swore he was gay. But yeah, I just want more, you know, gay actors in this role. So yeah, that was my pick. Okay. So we don't have a third person here to like pick which cast is better, but you know, my cast is better. Well, it kind of feels like I'm Nancy and I'm having a wonderful dream, and then you're Freddy Kruegering all over it. <laughs> my dream, it's a lot better than yours, though. Whatever. Like you can't Freddy me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, well, um, I guess that closes up our episode today. I had fun. Thank you, Sean, for talking about Big Trouble in Little China with me. I always love this movie, and um, yeah, I hope the remake does it justice. You know, I'm still keeping my an open mind on how this can go. I think I just want a I just want a plot and I want like a teaser trailer. I just need to know how campy it's supposed to be because Baywatch just was not good. So I just, <laughs> at, at the moment, I don't trust The Rock to do a great job with this movie, but with Jumanji, I'm going to give it a chance. So we'll see. It's very big of you. Yeah. 